Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Wednesday afternoon. The great Jean-Luc Grandpierre is here, Blue Jackets broadcaster. Hello, JL. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Good, man. Good. Merry Christmas to you. How was uh, How was the holiday? You know, the holiday was great. Uh, obviously, a little bit uh, more time than expected at home, right. spending time with the family and, uh, yeah, opening some gifts. So, you know, I think it was... a uh, Overall, a great experience. Just wish uh, there were a few more games played, but uh, it is what it is right now. Yes, amen. And let me ask you: Do you, as a you're a proud Quebecois, have you kept the traditions that you grew up with and and mixed them in with the with whatever the American traditions you wish to adopt, or have you? How do you handle yeah. Christmas? Is it Christmas Eve for you, where you open the gifts, or Christmas Day, or what do you do? Yeah, so the the Quebec thing to do was to open gifts on Christmas Eve, and uh, right. we this year we actually proposed to my son, let's do it on the twenty third or twenty fourth, and then we'll open the gifts. And he said no go. So you want to still do right? it on the twenty fifth? Yeah. So he's the only one left at home now. My my daughter moved on, so uh, just him, and he's like, no, I want to keep it on the twenty fifth. So yeah, so nothing from Quebec really in the household. It's all. Typical American uh, Christmas morning where, you know, he wakes me up at five o'clock in the morning, opens his right. gift, and then we move on. So <laughs> Yeah, right. right. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, we're getting a gift here ourselves. I, I think we are. It sure looks like all systems go for Thursday. Uh, some news and notes. Boone Jenner returned to practice today. There's been a slow trickle of players back into active duty, if you will. But with that, 
the Blue Jackets seem to be losing a player a day to the COVID protocols. Earlier in the week, it was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Today, Gavin Bayreuther. So, you know, as much as you want to predict a lineup, and I'm going to write something tonight to publish Thursday morning, just about what it may look like when the Blue Jackets get back to play. This is Jean-Luc. It's kind of a daily mystery. You show up at the rink, you you jot down numbers, and you try to take account of who is there, who isn't there. How strange is this? I, COVID has come back to the National Hockey League in a way that I think many people may have thought we were past the way the first couple months of the season just flew by. This feels a little bit like it did last year, does it not? Or maybe it's headed in that direction. Yes, it definitely it does. Listen, you look at certain teams' lineup when the league was just about to shut down and it was easier to name players that were able to play. Uh, you know, like, example, Calgary, I believe, had two guys that were off the COVID list. So when you're talking about that many positive cases per team, it becomes a big concern, obviously. Uh, not only for the league, but it's kind of a, I hate to take sport as a bigger platform than it really is. But if we all remember the way the first COVID wave came in when the Blue Jackets were in Vancouver and we saw some basket NBA games get canceled, it's almost like once sports shut down, the whole world shut down immediately sure. after. And people are like, well, this is serious. And this is kind of what I feel like we're going through right now with the NHL. Uh, because obviously there's a lot of Canadian teams versus the NFL who seems to be rolling just as normal uh, and, and the NBA as well. So the NHL is a different story because it's, uh, let's call it what it is. It's a little bit more of a global league yes. than uh, the other two leagues. And right now that's what we're seeing, you know, on the global scale of things, uh, people are starting to shut down, uh, but in the U S it's kind of business as usual. Yeah. And this is devastating. This will be devastating when a lot of people hear about this. The the IIHF World Junior Championships had just gotten started out in Alberta after I, th- I think they played before empty crowds last year. They ended up canceling the rest of the tournament after positive tests on several uh, teams. This is such a big deal in Canada. It's becoming a bigger deal in the States, certainly for people who follow hockey prospects in the future of the game. This is devastating, AJL, because that that – that World Junior Championship just really transfixes the sport of hockey for the two-plus weeks that it occurs. It, it really is. And you talked to me about Christmas traditions in Canada growing up in Montreal. That was it. You go to sleep on the 25th, and then 26th is what they call Boxing Day, where yep. everything is 50% off in the stores. <laughs> and you wake up, and all you watch is hockey, and it's all World Juniors. You know, the NHL kind of takes a back seat during that period in Canada. Uh, because it's all about the world juniors. So here's another thing stripped down from, you know, the, the poor Canadian fans up there is the tournament being at home. And yeah, yes, the U.S. with some positive case on Tuesday, they forfeit their game. And then today, uh, Wednesday, I think Russia and Czechia had to cancel theirs. And then next thing you know, the, the whole tournament is now being canceled. So yeah, it's not an ideal situation. and Really, really sad. Yeah. Now you, you've been in a lot of NHL Dressing rooms, obviously, as a player, a lot of hockey dressing rooms. Not sure you've been through anything like this, but take us into the mind of a player during a situation like this. And we asked, I asked Boone Jenner this today, uh, or maybe who did I owe Elvis about this today? 
Like every day they show up at the rink and I think they're wondering who's not going to be there, who's going to be plucked out of the mix and who might be able to come back into the mix. How uns- players tend to be, I don't know, re- laser focused on what they can control, or at least that's what they try to do. How disruptive um, must this be, Jean-Luc, to, to, to just not really know? I mean, tomorrow's a game. They think they know who they're playing with tomorrow. They think mm-hmm. they know who's going to be in a lineup. They think they know who the starting goalie is. They're pretty sure Brad Larson will be the coach, but who knows where this is going? What a member of the medical staff today pulled away from the team because of a COVID test. Um, it's just really crazy. It's, it almost feels like a sci-fi movie gone awry. It, it really is. And it's, yes, I've never been part of anything like this uh, as a player. Uh, I think the weirdest, you know, eeriest feeling I've had as a player was probably obviously 9-11 in 2001, which was, you know, uh, and that was right in training camp. And I remember that feeling in the locker room was uh, very unsettling. You know, you're like, oh, the, what is going on? We're under attack. Are we really supposed to go skate? Right. Well, now this, this has been going on for like two years for these guys. And now they thought they were out of it. And now the same kind of situation happens. And, you know, I don't want to compare directly, but as far as the locker room atmosphere, it's very unsettling because you do not know you know, every 15 minutes, there's a news, right? I mean, we've seen some guys getting pulled out of games in the middle of the game because they right. test positive. These guys are supposed to fly to Chicago. The flight is canceled. The day of, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, creatures of habits are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. They have their routines and they have certain ways that they get ready for game days, you know, day before, et cetera. And now you have to throw everything out the window and uh, be ready to play whenever that happens. You don't know how these guys are going to react once they get on the ass because they're all individual. So you can be a team. It doesn't matter how strong your team is. You're dealing with 21, 23, 24 individuals, and you have no idea how they're going to react to the adversity. So my my gut feeling, tell me if you agree, but my gut feeling tells me that tomorrow's game is going to go off unless something changes. I feel like right now it's more than 50-50 likely. Is that the feel you get? I think it's going to take place. Uh, you know, most games took place on Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Blue Jackets in Chicago is the only one that really got postponed. So for me, seeing the Montreal Canadian travel to Tampa Bay with uh, nine or 11 players on the COVID list, both of their goalies were out and they went with their third goalie. Uh, being able to play in Tampa Bay, the fact that they crossed the borders, went on and played that game is a good sign uh, that, you know, I think moving forward here, I sh- we shouldn't see too many more cancellation on the U.S. side. Wow. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, because I saw practice on Sunday. The Blue Jackets have not played since, let me get the date right here. I think it was December 16th. It's uh, been a yes. long while. Um, and that practice on, you, I, at least I did, took you take for granted how talented these NHL players are, uh, even in practices, the way they handle the puck and receive passes. That practice on Sunday, JL, the puck was, <laughs> the puck was all over the place. You could tell that guys' timing was off. Uh, Patrick Laine looked like Jack Johnson trying to hit a one timer. It was all over the place. And then the next couple of days, it has started to look a little more, a lot more. Um, like NHL players practicing. They've got their mojo back, their timing, their feel for the puck. Um, mm-hmm. 
What must that first practice have been like? Because for you know, even the guys that were out for COVID for ten days, they really weren't out any longer than the guys that didn't have COVID because the Blue Jackets hadn't played. It had been since from the sixteenth to the twenty seventh, I believe. Um, yeah. So everybody had a long break. What what where does the field go? And could could you sort of <laughs> empathize or sympathize with those guys stepping onto the ice 10, 11 days without any puck fields and what that must have been like? Absolutely. I, it's it's funny that you talk about that because uh, the I still can recall when I my first year professional in the American Hockey League, you know, you play a lot of three and threes, right? The Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday game. And I remember a lot of time would get Monday off or monday tuesday off and we'd be back on the ice on wednesday well these guys have grown up being on the ice you know basically every day from the every day of the week for the last five ten you know 15 years and your creature of habits you're used to handling that puck it becomes so natural but unlike riding a bike for some reason it takes you about 60 minutes to start feeling that puck again and we used to call it square puck and it Mm -hmm. feels like the puck is just square when you have the ice, especially for 10, 12 days like that, because all of a sudden you're being pushed by your coach. It's not like in the summer where you take, let's say, three weeks off the ice and you get back on the ice and slowly you're trying to get your feel back. You're yeah. trying to get ready for an NHL game. So that feel disappears and it's completely understandable. And, you know, the coaching staff is aware of it, uh, obviously, but it's a very weird feeling to explain until you really jump in their shoes and feel the puck like they, these guys can't feel it. Yeah. Same for forwards and same for goaltenders. Brad Larson uh, used the word terrifying uh, to describe <laughs> Sunday's practice. I think he's felt better since then. What do you think the game is going to be like uh, on Thursday? Should they be able to play it? Nashville is in Washington tonight. Um, we, so, we read so much into scheduling and back-to-backs and who's got this and who's got that. I would suspect Nashville with the long layoff is probably going to have an advantage tomorrow night in terms of feel for the puck, but I can't imagine it's it's going to be easy coming out of the gate with a back to back either. Where do you where do you put that? I think it's going to be pretty ugly, and I think it's going to be the big difference. We talked about players. Uh, I think the goaltenders are going to struggle. If you look at the games that took place on Tuesday. Uh, you know, nine goals, Montreal and uh, Lightning's 5-4 game, a 6-3 game between the Golden Knights and the Kings, and then the, the Arizona-San Jose game was 15 goals. 8-7 was the final score. So there's going to be a lot of mistakes, and as we know, these guys are so talented, the goaltenders aren't there yet. You take a goaltender yeah. off the ice for 12 days and tell him, okay, now you're going to face the, the league's best and you have to make some right. stops. It's going to be a hard adjustment. So what I expect is, you know, if you're a betting guy, take the over. <laughs> it's going to be entertaining. Advice. That's for sure. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 
Um, Blue Jackets, I, I tell you what, that they got hit hard by this. Uh, the six players they lost were were consequential players, especially down the middle. But oh my, losing Bjorkstrand early this week. Uh, we'll talk about the players who've come back, but no Bjorkstrand leading scorer. How big a hit for that is them? Maybe Lionese back, which is which is good news. Uh, but Oliver Bjorkstrand is a big part of this club. How tough of an adjustment is that going to be? No Robinson either, I might say. So how about both of those guys not being in? Um, yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, so, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand, you know, even when <laughs> number 28 is not playing at his best, he's still uh, definitely a, uh, <laughs> a a really, really good player in this Blue Jacket team because he does a lot of great things even away from the puck. And I would talk about, like, especially exiting his zone and puck protection. He's so good at it. And that doesn't always come out, you know, on the score sheet, but he makes a big difference every time he's on the ice. And on top of it, he's definitely one of the big leaders on that team. And then Eric Robinson, yes, you know, that line kind of got split up the last game in Edmonton with him, Corrali, and Texier. But, you know, Robbie's been having a great season. And I would say over the last, well, not two weeks now, but the two weeks prior to this two weeks when they were still playing, uh, you know, Eric Robinson, Sean Corrali, and uh, Alexander Texier as a unit were definitely the bright spot for this Blue Jackets That's team. Right. So it, it's going to be a big haul, but, you know, it gives a chance to some guys that we haven't seen uh, for a while or not at all this year, like a guy like Emil Bemstrom. Uh, to you know, make a name for himself and see if he can get back in the lineup on a permanent basis. Yeah, and look, judging from the lines today, it did look like Bemstrom was in. Uh, again, so much can change, but th- there was some weird stuff out there today too. Actually, weird the last couple of days. JL, you were out at the rink. Um, so this is strange. I'll. I hope I can explain this without confusing myself. Patrick Line A on Tuesday skated with a line but sat on the bench while the Blue Jackets went through their power play practices. In other words, he was not on either of the top two units. That doesn't make a ton of sense. Today was the complete opposite. He he wore a red sweater, which it wasn't a no-contact sweater, I don't think, because they had two other guys, taxi squad members, wearing those same sweaters, um, Dunn and and, uh, Sakura, that's not likely to be a line uh, tomorrow night. And then the power play came along and and line A's on it. Now, I learned a long time ago, you, you can't read too much into something, but you should always recognize that nothing just happens by mistake. And I'm wondering what Brad Larson's got up his sleeve with this because if Patrick Line a is playing <clears throat> tomorrow night, you'd certainly like him to get some touches with his line mates, especially since he's been out since early November. And if he isn't playing, why is he on the power play unit for practice when the day before it was Adam Boakfist in that spot? Um, what am I missing here? And do you have a read on whether line A plays on Thursday against Nashville or not? I don't have a read, and I'm just as confused as you are. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, you know, from the optics, like as an everyday, just somebody watching practice and I see him in red today, I think, okay, there's a setback. Yeah. Uh, maybe right. he can't shoot, you know, oblique. You don't know if somebody's going to react to that. Maybe he's exactly not feeling right. Right. And then you see him today. You said today it was on the power play. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is Brad Larson try to confuse the media, not try to show his hand? You know, maybe he's a good poker player and we don't know about it. So it makes zero right. sense what's happening right now, unless that line with Dunn, Sakura, and Lion A is going to be a line tomorrow. And the Dan Ford Cylinder Chinnikov is not going to be aligned. It, it, it makes zero sense. So we shall see what happens. <laughs> we yeah. just gonna have to wake up and see. Yeah, and I suggested to Larson that I didn't think Sakura Dunn and Line A looked like a line. He said maybe it's our f- first line. And my thought was, well, go ahead, big boy. Let's see that. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, oh, go oh for my it. Gosh. Uh Jenner back today and was in the middle of a line. Looked like he was just raring to go uh, for tomorrow night's game. How how logical, how likely is it that a guy could be off? He's been off uh, 13 days, 14 days, one skate and in. I know it's Boone Jenner. Is is this possible? Is this a good idea? Uh, I mean, if he feels good and the coaching staff feels it's appropriate for him to get back out there and you know and you know Boone's never gonna say no why not uh you know more credit to him is he gonna be on top of his game most likely not because again this is the time where you usually just try to feel the puck again a little bit uh but for Boone I think you know being the captain he's big on the face off for this team right now uh maybe they limit his ice time but I think it was with Vorchick and Hoffman today yeah so, you know, I expect big minutes from him coming through, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But again, you know, in 15 minutes, everything could change, right? So it's like, right. at, at this point, I think Brad Larson's just happy to have some bodies that, that can skate. And I think tomorrow morning, post-testing, you'll know who can actually play and who can't because the lines from today could change completely tomorrow again. You don't know if Robinson can come back. Like, do you put a guy that's all of a sudden clear on game day to play? Can you do that? Is it a good right. idea? Nobody knows. Yeah, and Robinson and Corpusalo were were in the same day as Jenner, so they could have uh, practiced today, returned today. I don't want to leap to conclusions, but that would suggest that their test to get them back into the building did not go well. Uh, or at least was was maybe still positive. Otherwise, they would have been on the ice raring to go, one assumes. Maybe they just don't feel well. We've been told there haven't really been any major illnesses among the players that have been tested positive. And certainly hope that's the case. Uh, you mentioned Jenner being with Hoffman and Voracek. The other lines, for those of you scoring at home, and please do put a large asterisk next to this, Sillinger in the middle, with Chinikov and Danforth on his wings, uh, Sean Corrali in the middle with Gustav Nyquist and Alexander Texier to his right, and Roslovic in the middle with Domi and Bemstrom. Um, you mentioned Bemstrom. Looks like he's drawn in at this point. It'd be good to get him back and maybe get him going in what is a, obviously a big year for him and his NHL future. Defensive pairs, they were c- pretty similar uh, Wierenski with Bean, Gavrikov with Bokefist, and Carlson with Peak. Now, we mentioned the layoff. The layoff has done wonders for some of these guys. Kukin, Dean Kukin has skated uh, back from a wrist injury. Not sure if he's cleared to play just yet, but a good sign that he's on the ice. Uh, Voracek 
was out and then came back in. Uh, Boakvist was out with an upper body injury when when place halted in Edmonton, and he's back out there as well. Uh, so that time off has given some people some time to uh, to recuperate. And we mentioned Line, who's been through a lot this year, um, both with his injury and also the passing of his father. He's had a lot of time now to get over that oblique. It's been almost, if he plays tomorrow, it'll be almost two months since he suffered the injury. <coughs> uh, Jean-Luc, the Blue Jackets, as of today, have had six games postponed. Uh, two against Bel- uh, Buffalo, one each against Calgary, Toronto, Chicago, Montreal. Uh, that Montreal game is, I believe, January 8th, has already been bagged. Uh, at, at some point, and they're hoping to use that window in February that was set for the Olympics um, to make up these days, six games in 18 days, that's doable. But there's going to be some weird trips in there. A one-off to Calgary is is odd. Um, yeah, maybe they pair that with well, Toronto comes here, so that doesn't make sense. Maybe they do Chicago and Calgary and Buffalo and make it one road trip. Uh, that'd be okay. I think if it stops now, if there are no more postponements, then maybe this season can still get 82 games in. Uh, this is a crapshoot, but what does your gut tell you about what is ahead of us? Is 82 games still possible? Should we still be thinking in that realm? I think it's possible. Uh, the February, you know, the former Olympic break uh, being slashed now is definitely going to give them enough time to reschedule these games. My biggest worry, uh, so not as a Blue Jackets fan, but uh, as a fan of hockey in general, you're looking at the Canadian teams that are postponing their home games right now. Uh, I mean, I think Montreal literally canceled one of their home games against Boston. They're going to go play that game in Boston now instead. Wow. Uh, so the big concern <laughs> there, excuse me, is the Canadian government, you know, said the CDC changed the rules here with the five-day five day, uh, isolation versus 10. While the CDC is, you know, in the U.S., they don't right. use that system in Canada because of universal health care, completely different. So the revenue that the league is missing from the Montreal's playing in front of zero fan, you know, that you're looking at two to three million dollars a game. And with revenue sharing and 35 percent of the income, you know, the revenues of the NHL coming from the Canadian market. That is the big concern. How many games can you really push? And how do you know that in February, which is when people think that the Omicron, you know, I'm not a scientist, but from what I've seen, they said January to February is where it's going to peak and then it's going to start going down in March. What makes you think you're going to be able to play these games in front of any fans at all? So, and then we talked about escrow and salary cap again. So, these are all. You know, at the end of the day, it's a business. They're trying to make money. And I just don't see, well, you know, they'll find a way. But I just don't see how these Canadian markets are going to be able to play, you know, 41 home games in front of fans as the league would like them to see, to do. Man, here we are again, eh? I know. I mean, you have to be a scientist, an uh, economic major, and a sport, you know, a sport specialist to be a broadcaster soon. Because yeah, there's right. so many, <laughs> you know, the game is so, 
there's so many other aspects besides just you know a puck and net and scoring goals yes. now yes. Uh, over the last two years. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is. Oh. Well, let's uh, hope for better days. Uh, Jean-Luc, I hope the family's well. I hope you stay that way. Really appreciate your time. And I'll see you out there at the rink tomorrow. And I will bring those ketchup chips by. I promise, man. The bag is still intact. They have not been breached or opened. I've looked at them. I've thought about it. There's been a few late nights in the study here where I've gone, man, these things do look pretty tasty. But that bag is still intact, and I'll bring it out to the ring tomorrow. Uh, you know what? I was just going to mention that, so thank you so much for <laughs> braving the cold in Edmonton to get me a bag of ketchup chip. I, I, will, I owe you for life. Oh, I never left the them all. I mean, I didn't brave any cold. I never left the mall. I found them at the shoppers mart i shouldn't be telling you this is shoppers mart in the mall where the hotel is attached it was perfect you know what i'll bring some hand sanitizer and then when you bring it to me at the ring i'll open it in front of you you and i can share a little bit oh. then i'll bring the rest home to my wife yeah let geese <laughs> have some too no chance <laughs> <laughs> all right jl thanks so much man i really appreciate it uh thanks for listening to front and nationwide folks and we'll be back with you again next week uh hang in there stay healthy I'll talk to you soon.